Hello and welcome to episode number four of the Audio Roast Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Isaacs, and I want to say welcome to show number four. Uh, we've got something special in store for you guys this week, so uh, hang tight. Uh, we've got other episodes uh, that are going to be similar to this in the future, follow this kind of format. Um, we're going to do this. This is a once a month kind of special. So um, real quick before we get things kicked off, I want to kind of recap last week, as I always like to do at the top of the show. Um, I want to say uh, thank you to Gene Whedon and Eric Gwynn for uh, joining me here last week. Uh, we were talking about uh, rock from the year 1970 and had a really, really great show. I had so many private messages and comments of just nothing but positiveness. So um, they really, really killed it. So no pressure to the uh, guests that we've got here today. Um, so next week um, is Father's Day next Sunday. So be sure to, here's your here's your warning to go and buy your Father's Day cards and get them sent. Um, but because it's Father's Day, I want to um, do something special that's really out of the box for what we do here. Um, I'm actually going to invite my own my own dad, uh, who is also a musician, grew up as a musician and stuff. So um, we're going to have my dad on uh, to talk, you know, kind of the the run through of the bands that he was in and whatnot back when he played. Um, and we're also going to have um, another special guest join him. Uh, his name is Russell Fratty, who was the bass player in my dad's last band that my dad played in. So um, should be a good time full of um Kind of old war stories and stuff that started all the way back in the 60s and went all the way up into the 2000s um so that being said that's what's going on next week this week however like i said this is this is a new format uh once a month kind of special this is um classic album clash where we take um one artist and and kind of put two of their albums back to back against each other and determine a winner um and a track by track um head-to-head kind of competition so um we'll get into a lot of the rules and stuff which there's i mean it's really easy um but we'll get into that here in a minute so i just wanted to say thanks again for joining us i'm going to throw to um a quick little promo and we'll be back to introduce our guest musicians do your shows need that extra layer of fun and excitement wow your fans with next level production let Sunset Productions help you up your game. We can create custom and unique sound, lighting, and video packages designed just for you and your budget. Let's work together and give our community the shows they deserve. Contact Jared Isaacs and check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Sunset Productions. Don't be a jukebox. Be an experience. Okay, so we are uh, joined here today. Uh, I'll go ahead and introduce our guest first. Um, we've got Miss Rachel Adams here with us. Uh, Rachel, you want to say hi to everybody and kind of tell us a little bit about yourself? Hey, y'all. I am Ron from Springfield. Mm-hmm. We, my husband and I, we started the uh, Audio Assault Entertainment, so we were recently due to the COVID stuff, not being able to put on shows like we wanted to. Right. So we're waiting until some venues open up and we can start putting on awesome metal shows again. Very cool. So, so yeah, so talk a little bit more about that. You you guys put together and promote um, local metal shows and whatnot, yeah? Yep, absolutely. Very cool. And when did you guys start that? Well, he started it years ago. Oh, okay. Before I came around. Um, it kind of, from what I understand, it kind of fell off 
a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. personal issues or whatever. Sure. Uh, we started it back up again, I'd say, a couple years ago, two, three years ago, and we been doing a bunch of local acts, bringing a couple of national acts. Um, we had one that was coming through from, <clears throat> excuse me, Arkansas, mm-hmm. but we unfortunately had to cancel them again. Because of all the COVID and the well, pandemic stuff? The first time was from uh, weather because it was really oh, gotcha. and icy yeah. and stuff and they couldn't make the trip. And the sure. next one was because of the COVID stuff and everybody shut down. Yeah. So do you have anything like on the schedule for the, later this summer or this fall or anything? Or are you kind of holding off to, to start booking again? We're kind of holding off a little bit to see where it all goes. Sure. And kind of see what happens with the venues around yeah. here. If any of the limitations on capacity mm-hmm. go away or what's going to happen. So we're just kind of playing it by ear. Yeah, it's it's hard to predict um, the future in general, let alone under yeah. these circumstances. So, so yeah, it's that's very cool to hear that you guys are, are still doing that, though. So. Um, where can people check that out if they if they're in a band and want to get booked and stuff through you guys? Mm-hmm. Audio Assault Entertainment. We have Instagram and Facebook. Awesome, very cool, very cool. All right. Well, um, that leads me to my next guest, uh, Mr. Zach Newton. Zach, what's up, buddy? How you doing, man? Hey, how's everybody doing? Good, good. So you want to tell everybody a little bit about yourself, like how we know each other and and how long we've known each other? So Jared and I have known each other for. Oh, oh gosh, it's got to be approaching 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, his band and my band, uh, my first band anyway, go way back. He's in Death May Die, the Springfield's premier uh, power metal band. <laughs> <laughs> premier only because we're about the only one. Only, but also. <laughs> um, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've been in several bands throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I play bass. Um and uh, once got a nice feature in a 80s hair band that Jared had. Uh, indeed. Indeed. That, that was a fun time. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. So <laughs> talk, uh, talk a little bit about. that were there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I think that was at Nathan P. Murphy's. Is yes, that right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so tell me um, a little bit about some of the bands that you've been in. Like why, where people have heard your name and stuff. Because you're all over Facebook, which I think is fantastic. You're a fun follow. But Tell if they want to follow some of your music and stuff. What are some of the bands that you've been in that they can search? Um, so my first band, uh, where I first in- met Jared, uh, we were called Barium Alive. Uh, that's Barium, like the chemical element. Right. Not uh, like not like the murderous plotting kind of. No, no, not like. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't that be a devil, <laughs> devil entendre at all. Um, <laughs> you know, we uh, uh, played some heavy metal kind of. Very inspired by Avenged Sevenfold and uh, Iron Maiden, right. Guns N' Roses. You guys uh, had that good mix of old school with nude sc- new yeah. school, which is really cool. <laughs> nude school, yeah. Um, <laughs> Only on Wednesdays. Yes. Uh, then, uh, you know, we fell off after a little bit there. Um, then uh, our uh, drummer and then guitarist, uh, Steven, um, mm-hmm. he formed another band, Minus the Murderer. Uh you know, I didn't join it first. Uh, had other things going on, being dad, uh, right. working, all that fun stuff. Yep, then, adulting. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, then uh, eventually, uh, their bass player um, started to have, you know, build his own family. Had a kid. I yep. stepped in. Uh, super, super heavy uh, deathcore style. Yeah. Lots of fun. Um, well, now that had a different twist on on kind of what you guys have presented metal wise before correct like it yes. was elements of rap and stuff in there as well yeah uh there were some as well um 
you know, slow down, uh, get some nice uh, drum and bass going, uh, and our vocalist would rap over a few sections. Uh, amazing, talented guys, super awesome. Uh, and, uh, you know, working with them was probably one of the funnest times I've had. Um, for sure. Then, uh, then for a little bit, I also had a uh, little blues rock band I was invited to. Really? Uh, yeah. We are called, uh, first they started off as Abstract Pack Rat. Um, okay. Uh, the main idea behind that was everybody's so busy and nobody's schedule is consistent. So, hey, do you play? Hey, can you play? <laughs> hey, come in and play this. Right. You're in. It's official. Yeah. Uh, you know, have some <laughs> rotating guys. Uh, yep. We actually settled in and had a nice lineup, and uh, we changed our name to Feed the Rascals. Um, that was tons of fun. A completely different change from what I'd been doing. Sure. Uh, but, you know, got to explore. Uh, all those guys in the band actually are part of the music fraternity at uh, MSU. Um, oh, really? So getting to work with people that actually know music theory and studied music yes. and me just kind of doing whatever, <laughs> uh, you know, it felt really cool to be a part of that. Um, For su- sure. Super amazing talent. So now are you guys still <laughs> playing? Are you guys still together? No, or? no. Uh, I'm currently just doing my own thing. Uh, not really super active, just... No, but at the same time, like I've seen you post recently, um, like bass play alongs and stuff that you've yes. been doing, which yes. I think is very cool. You know, that's a that's a whole platform for a whole nother thing. Like it's funny to be out at concerts and here's the thing, I'm I'm all for roasting people when they're not good. That's the whole point of this show. Like <laughs> if you suck, I'm gonna tell you you suck, or at least the people around me I'll tell them. <laughs> um so it's it's really easy though for people to do that though, right? Like to to sit back and, and point fingers and stuff, but what are you actually doing to better yourself? Um, you know, it's easy to get behind the keyboard and be a keyboard warrior and, and, and put people down, but what are you doing? You know, why not, instead of uploading something that's negative about somebody like that, which I, I see all the time, why not do something positive? And that's what I really like about some of your posts is they're positive. They're, they show you playing, they show you growing as a musician. And it's cool for, for people in the area to watch you and your, and your talent grow and, and expand into different types of music and stuff too, which is exactly what we're doing here today. We've got three metalheads that are going to be talking about the Backstreet Boys. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool to expose people to, to the unknown. Yes, yes. I very much love exploring so many different things. You know, for the stage presence, I've had significant metal background, but uh, my personal stuff, I've uploaded... You know, me doing uh, Bruno Mars twice. Uh-huh. I really like Bruno Mars. Uh, <laughs> fun bass fun bass lines. Yes. Uh, you know, some Megadeth. Got to throw in some metal there. Right. Uh, uh, let's see. What else have I done? I can't even remember. I'm trying uh, to think of I'm, some of the ones, too. I can't think off the top of my head. I should have looked before. But, yeah, no, they're, uh, they're it's, yeah, it's Foo, so Foo many. Fighters. There love, you go. Love Foo Fighters. Yep. Uh, Dave Grohl is the man. He the man. He the man. <laughs> the man with the smile and all the talent. Yeah. You can't not have a good time with Dave Grohl. Like, even if, I, you know, I hear two people like, oh, all he ever, ever does is yell. And I'm like, yeah, but he does it with a smile. So it's infectious. <laughs> so, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Okay. So that's kind of a, a quick little background. Now, like I've told these guys too, um, this being a very special episode, I want both of these guys back and, and we'll kind of do a little bit deeper of dives as, as far as getting to know them and stuff. But before we carry on, um, we're talking about 
Backstreet Boys. So, uh, Rachel, tell me about your relationship with the band, the Backstreet Boys, and, and why are they special to you? Why, why do you belong here for this episode? Oh, man. So, <laughs> I would say my Backstreet Adventure started, I was maybe first grade. Okay. To be honest, maybe eight years old, give or take. Mm-hmm. So, I would say it was a huge deal when they hit the scene. Me and my sister were a bit apart in age, but it was one thing that we were able to bond over. Was she older or younger than you? She's younger. She's about five oh, okay. and a half years old. Okay. So So you showed kinda you kinda turned her on to the Backstreet Boys then, or was I, it the other way around? I think it was the other way around. You know, memory's a little fuzzy, you know, that far back, because, you know, we <laughs> Right, it's been so. 20 plus years, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I'm not going to date myself or anything. Right, no, but. I'm not asking not asking for numbers. <laughs> but, um, as time went on, you know, I think the it was the Black and Blue album, we kind of turned my mom on to them, too. Yeah. So, it was kind of like, the girls of the family were, like, huge into the Backstreet Boys. And, you know, we had all their albums, we were blaring him in the car every week diehard aj fan for life yeah not gonna lie very cool so i'd probably know these two particular albums front to back almost word for word really wow dang and i am proud of it (laughs) that's awesome so zach no pressure (laughs) yeah what about for you what's the relationship with you and the backstreet boys well like uh like most people within our age group, uh, they were the popular thing at the time. It was hard to escape always <laughs> anything yeah. from always them. Always yeah. on the radio. Yep. Um, I actually did own both uh, these first two albums. Yep. Um, you know, had a little CD player, would uh, play that in my room pretty much all the time when I was, uh, you know, somewhere between 8 and 11, mm-hmm. uh, you know, before I... Uh, discovered other things uh you know linkin park and such right so that um, so actually that made that transition probably easier for you then yeah because you you felt some of that pop and and kind of that type of influence with uh linkin park and the oh, yeah. and then kind of new metal stuff huh yeah definitely yep. um and then uh of course as time went by kind of you know pushed it to the side uh but uh now is this know, before or after you started playing bass but how old were you when you started playing bass i started playing bass at like 14 Okay, so you this, ar- this is before yeah. any of that. Um, you know, as time goes by, uh, media keeps keeps bringing up you know these wonderful hits from our childhood. Sure, <laughs> and you know, radio dial just goes a little bit whenever it plays on. Uh, you know, I hear it in uh, movies. There's commercials with it. There's you know, all sorts that just feature little snippets. Absolutely. The licensing and for Backstreet Boys is insane. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, there it is. Let's <laughs> yep. dance. Yep, exactly. Back to middle school. Yep, so for sure. Just, just accept it. It's fine. <laughs> Be one with the Backstreet Boys. Yes. <laughs> Very cool. Okay, so here's a little bit about how it works. Um, let me just flip over here so everybody can see full screen. Um, so what we're going to be doing is we will compare track by track which song we think is better. We will discuss each track in detail and explain our stance. And for those of you that are watching along on Facebook Live, uh, this is where your input is definitely needed. Um, we we kind of want to hear the same from you guys. We, like we've already admitted to, um, there's no right or wrong with, with liking them or not liking them. If you think it's shit, tell us you think it's shit and why. Um, so... 
the other thing is, um, and I'm not sure that I'll do this going forward with more of these formats, but in this particular instance, both of these albums are very front loaded with their hits. So um, to kind of keep things interesting and build anticipation, we're going to go in reverse order and start with the last track. Um, and speaking of the last track, um, the um, I think it's Millennium has 12 tracks and Backstreet's Back has 11 or vice versa. But we're going to cut off the 12th track, which is um, a perfect fan, um, just so that we have an even 11 versus 11. Um, and because it's my podcast and that's what I say and that's what goes. So um, and then um, that's really the rules to how it works uh, for classic album Clash, uh, the Backstreet Boys edition. So um, here is the list of all the songs that we're going to be talking about. So. I've got some notes here. Um, before we get started on the track by track, I'm just going to read a few little sip snippets about um, each of the um, albums. So starting with Backstreet's Back, first of all, it was actually their second album, um, and it was released in, I believe, um, Canada. They had a first album that was l released in Germany, and um, which was weird for them. There's, there's a whole long story about that, um, and it has a lot to do with... Um, Oh, now I'm blanking on his name. Um, Lou Pearlman, uh, who who formed both NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys. And he had a, he had either his own or ties with his own uh, record label, which was called Transcontinental Records. Um, so he took they took um, a lot of songs from that German record, um, a lot of the hits and stuff and um, kind of rearranged them and and added a few songs and whatnot. And that's how we came to Backstreet's Back which was a can, actually um, a Canadian-only release, I believe, um, at first, and then it went on to, to other countries, but was actually never officially released in the United States from what I found, which is really weird because I know this album front to back, and both of the guy, the people that are here know the album front to back, but neither of us, none of us live in Canada, so <laughs> that makes it kind of interesting. So um, Backstreet's Back was released on August 11th of 1997 by Jive Records and Transcontinental Records, um, the, um, both, like I said, both bands were put together by Lou Pearlman, um, who turned out, I'll just go ahead and give you spoilers to be the biggest effing con artist in, in like music history. If you don't know about Lou Pearlman, mm -hmm. there's actually a really good, um, YouTube original, um, documentary, um, and it's called the boy band con the Lou Pearlman <laughs> story. Um, basically like with this first album, um, I think the band ended up, I'm wanting to say with like $300,000 is what they made off of it. Lou Pearlman pocketed $10 million. <laughs> like it's astronomically insane. Um, so needless to say between, uh, Backstreet's Back of Millennium, they, um, cut off all ties with, with Lou and, and got out of that. So, um, the album, uh, Backstreet's Back was recorded October 96 through June 97, um, it's got 11 tracks and a runtime of 46 minutes and 18 seconds. Um, it sold 27 million copies worldwide and debuted at number one in Canada, selling 67,000 copies in the first week. So it was, you know, there, it was really off to the races from, from the word go for them. Um, and then on, on the contrary, on Millennium, it was released um, two years later in May of uh, 99 by Drive Records and was recorded from October of 98 to March of 99. It had 12 tracks and had 48-minute runtime. Um, Millennium holds the record in the U.S. for the most shipments in one year, 
at 11 million. It was nominated for five Grammys and spawned four top 40 singles. 24 million copies sold worldwide. And uh, between 97 and 98 is when the band sued uh, Ron Perlman, stating they received only um, 300000 um, of the over $10 million that they had earned from recording and touring. Um, and then, um, yeah, again, I really recommend if you, if you get a chance and you want kind of a, a sister um, something to watch along after this, uh, kind of fills in the gaps of the story of Backstreet Boys. I really recommend watching the, uh, the YouTube original documentary, um, the boy band, the Lou Pearlman story, because it really fills in a lot of gaps um, as far as the, the juicy drama details. So um, now that being said, let's start. Let's go ahead and jump right in on track number 11. So um, on Backstreet's back, we've got If I Don't Have You versus No One Else Comes Close on Millennium. Um, Rachel, you seem to be super <laughs> fangirling over there, so I'm going to throw to you and tell me a little bit about um, which song you choose to be the to be your pick, and and why, and how you how you came to that decision. My pick would definitely be "No One Else Comes Close to You" from Millennium. Okay. Because it is so heartfelt, and even at a very young age, I'm not going to release what it is. But at a very young age, it it still hits you right right in the feels. Yeah, you still understood what they were saying. You didn't have to be in a very committed relationship to know nope. what they were talking about. Yep, for and sure. Even to this day, I get a little teary eyed. Mm-hmm. I love that song. Well, and it's the same for them too as artists, right? Like a lot of them hadn't like fallen head and head over heels in love or had major mm-hmm. relationships. Not all of them, some of them, most of them. <laughs> but there's but there's still some that hadn't yet. I mean, Probably. they're not that much older than we are. Um, yeah, that's true. So, so that being said, to even write songs or, or be a part of songs that present that kind of message is, it speaks volumes. Absolutely. It's a gorgeous song. So what, what about um, If I Don't Have You? That is one of the ones I'm not super familiar with on Backstreet Back, but honestly, if I were to listen to it again, like right now, I'd be like, oh yeah, that's that one song. <laughs> but <laughs> it just did from what I remember about the song, it just doesn't hit me the same way. Sure. It just doesn't really, it's like, oh yeah, it's okay, but you know, it's something about no one else comes close is just, just pulls at your heartstrings. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Zach, what about you, bud? What do you think? So I'm going to go with uh, no one else comes close as well. Oh, really? Okay. Um, do we have a clean sleep coming? Probably. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> uh, you know, I just like the melody in it more. Um, I'm sure uh, a lot of people are driven by the lyrics. Um, I've always been more geared towards how it sounds all together. Sure. Um, and for me, that one is just, I don't know, I like, I like the way that it comes out better. Um, That's totally fair. For me... Um, I think that I'm actually not going to give it a queen sleep. Whoops. Um, and I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going with um, if I don't have you. Um, for my reasoning, again, this this both of these albums are very front loaded, so it's really easy for me to recall a lot of the you know top five, seven, however many songs. And towards the end of each, it was like kind of not really dragging on. It was just they they don't stick as much to me. Um, that being said, there's going to be an overall theme too with um, 
in my opinion with backstreet boys when you when i hear backs a lot of their music i hear a lot of like michael jackson influence and then on the other hand i hear a lot of like boys to men and all for one you know that the vocal harmonies and stuff so for me um and my background i actually most of the time am going to end up preferring songs that have more of that michael jackson pop kind of sound than the the harmonies and that kind of thing not that they weren't good at it they were they were really good at it but i think just they were able to create more hits and and songs that stick with you more with the pop you know like type sound you know that pop and lock danceable kind of stuff not the not the slow dance that kind of thing like for me in this era that was a snooze fest to me <laughs> so um for that reason i'm gonna go with if i don't have you so um but judging by our little tally scores um and let's see here brian says <laughs> oh no one else comes close well i think because of all that we're gonna have to say that uh millennium has track 11 so Okay, so um, I need to switch this. Oh, all these buttons. <laughs> Even more buttons. Okay. Oh, so. the red one. <laughs> push the red one. <laughs> if I don't have you is off the list. So uh, that takes us to number 10. Um, Spanish Eyes versus If You Want It To Be Good Girl, Get Yourself A Bad Boy. Um, so since we're talking about bad boys, Zach, what do you got? <laughs> oh boy. I'm going to go with Spanish eyes. Okay. Um, like some Spanish eyes. Oh, he likes him some Spanish eyes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what, uh, what about, um, if you want it to be good girl, get yourself a bad boy. Do you not like, um, honestly, I'm not as familiar with that one. Um, okay. That's one that I would kind of skip over uh just didn't always hit the button <laughs> i'm trying to keep it together you're killing Sorry, me Jared. uh okay so so you you, you kind of like more of that serenade kind of yeah, yeah. less poppy kind of sound yeah the uh you know acoustic guitar driven really mm -hmm. heartfelt uh now that, that speaks to me a little bit more um Kind of hits the softer side, I guess. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. It is more um, instrument heavy, so I can yeah. see somebody that plays an instrument, why that would be kind of more important. So, yep. Um, Rachel, what you got? I got to choose if you want it to be Good Girl because Spanish Eyes is a fantastic song. It's very Howie heavy. Yes. I think he does what most, if not all, of the verses of that song. I want to say so. And that's something I should have kept better track of, too. I know, so after, you know, kind of when they went their separate ways, if you will, or whatever, mm -hmm. Um, a lot of the guys would, if they were doing like solo tours and stuff, would take kind of their heavier songs that they were more heavy on vocally and just mm -hmm. do those in, in yeah. their. So, yeah, I think that's correct because yeah. I think I do remember seeing a Howie only version yeah. of this. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want it to be good, girl, you got to think of the year that came out and how clean cut boy mm -hmm. bands were supposed to be. That is probably the raunchiest boy band song I have heard from that era. And I love it. Strongly agreed. And strongly agreed on the reasoning, too. It's fantastic. Yeah. You got to imagine like nine, 10 year old little girls running around this house singing this song. Mm -hmm. yep. And your parents are freaking out. Like, what did you just say? It's awesome. It's yeah. got a good, funky feel to it. But I mean, Zach's right with Spanish Eyes. It's a good song. It just doesn't really compare to if you want it to be good girl. I agree. I agree strongly. Um, This one for sure. 
in my opinion, is is going to be going with um, if you want it to be good girl, get yourself a bad boy. Um, I'll freely admit this since we're freely admitting everything. Um, <laughs> this is an easy song to like dance to to put. So in the 90s, I can remember like being a kid and, and being at the babysitters and stuff. And like the babysitter's daughter, who is also our age, like we would all get together and, and do routines, you know, like little dance routines and make mm-hmm. stuff up. And this was an easy one to do a routine to because Absolutely. it just had that really heavy, very, again, very Michael Jackson influenced pop and lock kind of feel to yeah. it, um, which made it very danceable. So um, and the message, like you said, for its time was. I mean, it's not even so much <laughs> it was raunchy, but. Up until that, like they were being presented as a, a very clean cut, just exactly like you said, like good boys with a little bit of that bad boy image. And then it was like yeah. this song hit. And it was like, oh, they're they're really bad boys. Right. You're like, oh, okay. Right. Yep. So Hang if on. you hadn't been exposed to actual bad boys by then, you know, like the Motley Crue's and Van Halen's of the world, then then you thought this shit was raunchy. So this, this song was like for girls like me that ended up having a certain type. Uh-huh. This was like sip like the foundation. Yes. Of it. Yes, for this sure. Is the whole thing. Well, and that's the thing too, and like in popular television and stuff at the time, and even before this, it was always a, a popular thing for the girls to, you know, kind of like that Billy badass, mm-hmm. the biker dude, the guy that was yep. always in trouble that your mom was pissed that you're hanging out with, mm-hmm. or so. I mean, this is definitely a good song to kind of, um, you know, that that emphasizes that. So yeah, yeah for sure. Um, so sorry on that one, Zach. I think you're getting uh, voted out. Um, I think. Uh, if you want it to be good, girl gets the uh, gets the nod on that one. Um, we've got a couple people on Facebook that that think Spanish eyes for sure. Christy, um, here's the thing too: on most of these, I won't say all of them because some of these songs are shit. Um, but that You're one is wrong. that one is a good song. I, I also really like Spanish eyes, but for me, it was um, it was oops, it was easy to to choose. Okay, so moving right along um, to number nine. On Millennium, we've got Back to Your Heart, and on Backstreet Back, we've got That's What She Said. <laughs> like I said, some of these songs are shit, <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> Just my opinion. So, yeah, um, I guess I'll start this one. Um, for me, I would I would have to say that um, Back to Your Heart um, is a better song. Now, again, I, I listened to these this week, but that's it just goes to show for me how much they don't stick they're not memorable um and as much on paper as i was like oh i'm already gonna just go ahead and choose that's what she said because of the name like you know (laughs) and turns out the song's kind of not that great so (laughs) so for that reason i i did go ahead and go uh back to your heart so zach what did you go with what do you think so on these two it's i'm kind of on the fence uh they're not like their best songs by any means um i feel like that's what she said is a little bit more fun mm-hmm. to listen to um kind of you know if you're zoning out driving this one's gonna keep the energy going a little bit better than uh back to your heart um yeah i agree so i'm gonna go with uh that's what she said okay okay fair enough i i, I do agree with your point on that though mm-hmm. um for sure <clears throat> so where are we at now? We're on number eight. Okay, so here we are. We finally made it. <laughs> so um, number eight on Backstreet's Back is Set Adrift on Memory Bliss versus um, a single from Millennium. Finally, we finally get a single um, called The One. So 
Um, just real quick before we chime in with our, our two cents on this, um, Set Adrift uh, on a Memory of Bliss was actually a cover song by a hip-hop group from 1991 called PM Dawn. Mm-hmm. Um, PM Dawn was actually also credited as being a producer on this album. Um, another, and I did not know this, another producer that was credited on Backstreet's Back, I'm not sure on Millennium, was Mutt Lang of really? ACDC. Def Leppard, Shania Twain, like, so that's a lot of why, um, and I think a lot of Mutt Lang's works have always been very front-loaded with the albums as far as the hits. Um, He's got a good ear for that, and he's got a really strong ear for just perfection down to the Mm -hmm. most minute detail, and I think that's a lot, too, in my end, why I like some of that more poppy kind of stuff, because it it showcases that a lot better versus just, you know, the strummy, singy, slow dance kind of stuff. So um, that's the background on that. It, it's actually a cover song. And it was actually even the first song that was recorded for the album Backstreet's, Bla- Backstreet's Back. Um, and so, um, so yeah. So, Rachel, uh, we'll go with you. Um, Set Adrift on a Memory of Bliss or The One? I got to say The One. Um, I mean, Set Adrift is a good song. Don't get me wrong. It just kind of bored me. I didn't really care for the original too much. I mean, it's good in its own right. I just got to say the one because it kind of gets you in a good mood. No matter okay. what the subject matter was, it's it's the music to it. It feels good. Yeah. I just really like the one a lot better. Um, Zach, what about you? So I'm going to go with the one as well. Um, I know uh, kind of my feelings. I kind of like some of the slower songs. Um, mm-hmm. Set Adrift did not, uh, not make the cut on this one. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go with the one. Fair. Because there's only one. <laughs> there could be only one. Okay, so um, this is going to be our first clean sweep. Um, I also am going with the one. Um, something about their cover of this. Like, I, I, I'm also the same, and I didn't really care for the original version. I can't believe if they were going to cover a song, this is what they picked. It just yeah. seems like a very obscure, right. odd pick. Um, it doesn't make sense. I don't see, um, I mean, they must have felt super confident about it that, hey, we're going to take this song that was kind of meh and turn around and make a big hit. And yeah. it absolutely wasn't. It no, It was a it was flop. <laughs> it was a flop, in my opinion. <laughs> so uh, so the one is going to be the one to go on and, and um, carry the flag for Millennium. Um, uh, so It be like that sometimes. It, it, do, it do be <laughs> like that sometimes. It do. It surely do. Uh, okay, so we are on to... Um, Hey, Mr. DJ, keep playing that song from Backstreet's Back versus Don't Want to Lose You Now on Millennium. Um, Zach, what you got, boy? So, Don't Want to Lose You Now is a good song. I'll give it that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I want to jam. We're going to go with Hey, Mr. DJ. Yeah. Yep. Turn that volume up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's time to party. Turn it up. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I should not do that ever again. Okay, <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> I, I appreciate the forgiveness. <laughs> the open-minded to move on. Okay, uh, Rachel, what do you think? What do you got? Hands down, hey, Mr. DJ. Yeah. That is my jam. Yep. Um. So. Uh, yeah. For me, w- you know, we talked about like the one being a single for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Uh, why? Was Hey Mr. DJ not a single? Like, why was this know. not played on the radio? Like, it why are we not sick and tired of the song by now? We should be, and we're not. 
Um, to me, in in all of the the songs that we're matching up today, this is the slaughter. Like this is like Absolutely. hands down. N- don't want to lose. Yeah. Don't want to lose you now. Never stood a chance. Like Hey, Mister DJ is is such a banger. Like mm-hmm. it's. It's so good. Um, if you're not familiar with it, my God, there's oh. there's what I'm recommending you to listen to this week. Yes. Um, it is an absolute sleeper track. Again, I don't know why it never became a single, why it never had a music video, why it just fell Honestly, by the wayside. It was with... featured on a concert VHS tape that they had. Oh, I really? I think I still have it somewhere Ooh. at my house. I have to take a picture of it and send it to you. Oh, please do. Yeah. It was, I probably wore that out so bad, it, the VHS had started to skip. <laughs> like, it was bad. So with a lot of albums, uh, you know, there's always that one song that is honestly just as good or better than any of the hits. It doesn't get the recognition it deserves. Yes. Damn it. It's it really is. Fantastic. It's a banger, man. Yeah, it really is. For sure. Um, Let's see here. So we are on to number six. Um, Backstreet's Back has Like a Child versus Don't Want You Back on Millennium. Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, Rachel, we'll start with you on this one. Um, which do you choose for track number six? Don't want you back. Okay. I'm not super familiar with Like a Child. I'm trying to replay it in my head. I'm kind of coming up a little blank, not going to lie. Yeah. But Don't Want You Back is, it's honestly for kind of a breakup song. It's still a banger in its own right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, it's solid. I love that song, especially with it following I Need You Tonight. Cracks me up. <laughs> Every time I look at the track list, it just cracks me up. That's actually a really that's, good point. Yeah. That's, that's uh, the uh, bottle of whiskey talking. Yes. I don't want you back. Yes. <laughs> I need you right now. <laughs> I need you. <laughs> Adrian. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, Christy Pressler says, Don't Want You Back was Every Child's First. F you to their crush that broke their heart. Reminds me of the meme of the yes. kid crying in the rain. Absolutely. Yes. What a great, great point. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's spot on, actually. That's really yeah. good. Um, yeah, um, I'm also going to go with uh, Don't Want You Back. Um, I, I just think it's a better song overall. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Just something about Like a Child doesn't... It's Again, I, I know I keep saying this, mm-hmm. but it's really true for me. Like, it just didn't stick. Um, really. So, yeah. Should have been like a B-side kind of thing. I agree. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it was. Um, I don't know. Like I said, some of these songs were taken from a German release, and I can't remember for sure if that one was on there or not. Um, Which, again, I I know that they had... Here's the thing that blows my mind. Um, What was the song that was on that first one um, that didn't make it to Backstreet's Back that was on um, Backstreet Boys? Oh, where's my phone? (laughs) It blew my mind. I'm like, how are you going to put some of this crap on here and skip that one? I just... It didn't make any sense to me. Um... That's going to drive me nuts. Well, let's see here. Quit Playing Games With My Heart was what? on the German release before this album, and it's not on here. So I'm like, why do, why do you have some Ow. of this shit on Hold here? Up. Yeah. Hold <clears throat> up. Just the slow motion video alone should have <laughs> right. just kicked right? half these songs off the album. Yeah. Yeah. Quit Playing Games With My Heart was released before any of this in Germany. And I don't know if it just, if Germans were sleeping on it, if they didn't get into it or what but it was a it went on to be a massive I mean, massive hit that's what basically that's got a, them started here 100 yes, exactly. you're exactly right zach yeah that's for sure um so that's you know i like i said i know i keep saying it didn't really stick with me but that's the thing like they had so many other songs that they could have put on this album that yes. i'm like what are you doing 
<laughs> um, so yeah, I think that uh, Mr. Perlman was fucking him over in more ways than one. Mm. <laughs> Just saying. I mean, and that's a whole. I mean, I guess. Then never mind. <laughs> watch, <laughs> watch the documentary. I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, anyway, there's no smooth transition from that. Nope. <laughs> but that's okay. Oh man. Um, yeah. So. Um, you went with, tell me again, Rachel, which one did you go with? Don't want you back. Okay. And Zach? It's unanimous. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that's what we concurred on, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, here's, let's do this. I'm going to, um, since we're halfway there. Halfway there. Nope. Copyrights. Um, (laughs) living on the edge, bro. Uh, Let's take a, a quick uh, little break. Well, not a break, break, but uh, throw to another little promotional, commercial kind of sponsorship kind of thing. Not really, but, you know. Uh, and then we'll come back and get the top half of the list. Maybe. <laughs> oh, oh, the buttons. Are you interested in being a guest? We, we, we want, want, want you, 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 you. Please message or email if you're interested in becoming a guest for the show. We'd love to have music Shame lovers of all kinds fun. join in on our fun. Message and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at the Audio Roast Podcast. Or send us an email with questions, comments, suggestions, or topics you'd like to hear discussed to the Audio Roast Podcast at gmail.com. Okie dokie. So, um, that was a nice little break. <laughs> and now we are back into the top five. So, we've got 10,000 Promises uh, from Backstreet's Back, and we've got um, I Need You Tonight on Millennium. Um, Zach, kick us off on this one. Which, uh, which are you going with here, and why? Mm, this is kind of... Uh Another one I'm on the fence about. Uh, these two weren't strictly memorable with me. Um, I'm going to go with I Need You Tonight. Okay. Uh, just a, uh, another one of those in your feeling kind of songs. The opposite of Don't Want You Back, of course, but <laughs> it is what it is. Right, yeah. <laughs> so what you're saying is it, it be like that sometimes. It do really be like that. Fair. Totally, totally fair. Um. Okay, uh, Rachel, what where do you fall on this one? Are you more on Backstreet's Back or Millennium for I, track number five? I gotta say, I want I need you tonight because yeah? Ten Thousand Promises just didn't really stick. Okay, and I need you tonight. It's very Nick heavy, so all the Nick girls out there were just like listening so intently for sure and watching every you know concert footage they could find pre YouTube. Yes, and yeah, uh, like well, and like you said earlier too, like on VHS, like you it was hard, and that's. It was so much harder to get your hands on some of this music and mm-hmm. stuff, as, especially if you liked enjoying um, live concert footage and stuff. Yeah. Like, and then that became iconic. Those those specific performances because we would watch them and rewatch them and rewatch them and yeah. I think I need you tonight is on that same VHS tape as Hey Mr. DJ. Really? I think so. Yeah. I'll <laughs> I'll have to probably find my v- VCR 
<laughs> to be able to play it, it and tell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to relook for it, but yeah, I d- I definitely have to go with I Need You Tonight. It's a very good, you know, fourth grade midnight parents sleeping, trying not to wake them up karaoke session in your bedroom. Oh, okay, very cool. Well, I was honestly um, not familiar with either of these songs. Um, so in listening back, for whatever reason, um, I I wrote down that I'm going with uh, Ten Thousand Promises. Um, I think in listening to both of them, there was just something a little more with the hook maybe in 10,000 Promises that, that kind of drew me more than I need you tonight. Um, so I'm going to go with that, but it looks like I'm getting outvoted, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. Now then. Um, track number four is um, That's the Way I Like It from Backstreet's Back. And on Millennium, it's Gotta Be You. Um, Zach, where are you following this one, bud? Ooh. Now, keep in mind, I know this is easy to look at and get confused, but That's the Way I Like It is not a cover song of the more famous That's the Way I Like It. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So there's that. Um, Thankfully. I think uh, <laughs> between these two, I'm going to go with That's the Way I Like It. Okay. Uh, I think the uh song generally has a more fun vibe to it, uh, more energy, uh, you know. Fair. Let's Fair. get out. Let's get out and jam. Gonna go with that one. Okay. All right. Um, and Rachel, where are you at on this one? That's the way I like it. I mean, I like I like them both really, really. I mean, they're really good songs. They are. It's just that's the way I like it. Just seems to slap harder to me. Okay. It just. It just hits harder. Yep. And I like it. That's fair. Um, for me, it's it's got to be you. And again, not that it matters because I'm getting <laughs> outvoted, which is fantastic. Well, Jared, um, it's not going to be you. It's <laughs> not going <laughs> to ah, And that's the way I like it. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Okay, so the moment we've all been waiting for. We're here, kids. It's, it's the heavy stuff heavy end of the uh, albums here um like some of these were kind of easy so far as far as picking what you liked what resonated with you more but now we're getting to the real nitty-gritty so for those of you watching at home now's your time to, to chime in and tell us which ones you like and why because i know that everybody's going to have heard most of these okay. next six songs so um that being said we're at track number three um backstreet's back all i have to give versus millennium show me the meaning of being lonely um, both really strong songs, in my opinion. Absolutely. Um, Rachel, mm. we'll start with you. What this, do you think? This one's really hard for me. It is. Because, I mean, they're kind of opposite ends of the spectrum. All I have to give is so sweet and so heartfelt. I'm just like, you know, I don't have much, but this is what I can give you. Mm-hmm. You know? And then Show Me the Meaning of Being Lonely is so sad and just heart-wrenching and... Even the video is just dark and rainy and duh. Yeah. I, I love them both, but I think I got to go with all I have to give. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, that's fair. Uh, Zach, where are you at on this one? Uh, two strong contenders. This one is difficult to fully just jump into and say definitely this one. Right. Uh, because they are really good songs that are both yeah. pretty neck to neck. Yeah, I'm gonna say for me personally, I'm gonna go with "Show Me the Meaning" 
uh just that acoustic guitar driven yeah. uh that intro is just so the music itself is just moving and passionate and not that all I love all I have to give isn't but uh right I don't know there's there's just something about that do 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 yeah yep um Let's see here. Christy says the intro to show me the meaning is so iconic. First time they did that approach and showed their vocals and gave me goosebumps. A hundred percent. So back to what I was saying earlier, where in my opinion, at least they had almost two different styles or two feels to their song. It was either a more Michael Jackson kind of pop influence or more of a, a singer um, vocalist group kind of with harmonies and stuff yeah. back to men, boys, to, uh, boys to men um, and all for one. Um, and show me the meaning is in my in my opinion the ultimate song of theirs on that side of things where it was more harmony and vocal driven and like really made a strong hit out of it that that stuck um it really showcased their vocals really well um to be honest with you that song's been stuck in my head all day as i as i <laughs> prep for this um and it, it's like what Zach said it's that op- it's that guitar part it's just like something about that song is really strong but that being said, I have already got written down my answers and I have um, all I have to give. And I think it does go back to um, it for me just over time was the better song to me. Um, when I first heard Show Me the, the Meaning, it was like, boom, that was a great song. It was a banger. But I didn't, you know, in Backstreet's Back, I was like kind of more skipping around on the tracks and stuff. Like I said, I mean, look all the way down at track number seven. Like I would go from track one, two, three and then jump down to seven. Um, and it wasn't until later when I, I came back to that and I was like, okay, let's go back over some of these tracks that I skipped. And um, that's um, where um, All I Have to Give first got on my radar and I was like, yeah, this is a great song. So for that, I'm going with All I Have to Give. Um, and that be, it hurts to say because I, I really do enjoy Show Me the Meaning of Being Lonely. So Yeah. And I think at uh, this point in the adventure, uh, we're going with the coin toss more than anything else. These are all yeah, hundred percent yeah. Like I said too, especially at the top, there is no right or wrong because these, they these really are, are these great are the songs. ones that made yeah right yep for pop, sure pop music in the nineties for sure yep but especially well and went on to influence so many other bands right like whenever Simon Cowell put together uh, One Direction and stuff like that like mm-hmm. they they became a formula to follow for mm-hmm. for bands of this type um, and then afterwards you had other bands similar to this. Shortly after, you had like 98 Degrees and mm-hmm. what was some of the O-Town or what was yeah. some of the, uh, there was so many other like yeah. boy bands um, that, that came on after these guys because they saw the, the formula of success that they had. Um, and it was like, man, it was, they were cranking out hits quicker than a lot of people in that time were cranking out hits. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. There's not really a wrong answer because they were doing a lot of things right. So, um, let's see here. Oh, also on um, All I Have to Give, I have written down also uh, that that was released as a single on January 13th of 1998, and it peaked at number five on the U.S. Billboard Top 100, um, or Hot 100. So Only number five? Only number five. But huh. um, I'm not sure where Show Me the Meaning ended up on the charts. Again, I should have done better note-taking. Mm. But that's the way it'd be. It'd be like that sometimes. Don't it, Zach? <laughs> it do. It sure do. Okay, so we are on to number two. Um, on Backstreet's Back, As Long As You Love Me is the second track, and on Millennium, I Want It That Way. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> These are some bangers! 
Man. So, um, let's see here. Hmm. Yeah, this is this is hard to make decisions on at this point. Yeah. Uh, Rachel, what do you think? Hmm. Well, my brother, who is considerably older than I am, used to give me and my sister so much shit for I want it that way. <laughs> he would go around the house and just wait until we're paying attention. Tell me why. All the time. <laughs> so is that how you hear the song now? Like, unfortunately, yes. Yeah. Don't you hate that? Me. But what's his name? His name's Jason. Jason, you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but I love you, bub. Right. <laughs> um, I gotta go with as long as you love me, because just the content of it. If you break down the lyrics, it's like, oh, well, they're not just on the ass. They're like, I don't care what you look like. I don't care what you've done before I met you. Mm-hmm. As long as you. You know, reciprocate the feelings. We're good. I'm like, That's right? Okay. Yep. I can get behind that. For sure. For sure. Um, for me, um, I you know, as long as you love me is a really good song, and it goes back to what we we're talking about with like them having material and content that talked about you know love and first loves and that kind of stuff. Um, and again, some of these guys in the band even hadn't experienced that, let alone some of us that were listening. Um, and as long as you love me was a really good. That was one that was like you could easily put yourself in a fantasy of, you know, being being in your first relationship or that kind of thing. And it was just really relatable. Um, but for me, I, I also agree that I want it that way is is what I'm choosing. Um, it just had a better hook, had a better melody to it. Like, it's just mm-hmm. I don't know. And again, it's like Zach said, like, it's not that it's like, you know, murdering the other song. It's just it barely squeaked up above for me. So. Yeah. Um, Zach, what do you think? So, these two are probably their both biggest, uh, you know, softer side of songs. Um, both very singable, very romantic feeling. Uh, but I was kind of committed to this one before even doing this. I'm gonna <laughs> go with I want it that way because okay. sometimes. It'd be that way. Fair enough. <laughs> I think that's a absolutely legit reason. Um, over in the comments, let's see here. It says Christy says, I want it that way is sung more from people. Um, also it was cool to see each of them have their solo moments in the song. That's a also a really that good point. True, oh, yeah. um, also, uh on that note, mm-hmm. uh Backstreet Boys, whenever all this uh coronavirus stuff started up. Uh <laughs> yes. They <laughs> tell us, tell us, tell, they, uh, tell the people actually got together and uh well, not together. Oh, they got right. separate I saw that. I and saw that. Uh, posted a pre-recorded mm-hmm. uh, live rendition of them doing it, and they're all like forty-five. Them doing the song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they old now. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> but that's a good point. Um, that's uh, you know, like what Christy was saying. It really was. It was kind of like a rotating spotlight per se in that mm-hmm. song. Like of each person kind of had their yeah. their little verse or part of a verse kind of thing and it really showcased off everybody mm-hmm. which again for any kind of that was a big part of the formula of success and for them in my opinion now again they had they went on to have other hits that were kind of featured more one or two band members heavy um with more backups from everybody else but to me that was a big strike uh, a home run if you will as far as having that rotation of everybody because everybody had their favorite and so whenever your favorite, you know, when his part came up for for his part of the song or whatever, that was like you Tell were attracted why. to that part of that song. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
So I was surprised when Kevin came up towards the end. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> right, yeah. And that's the thing, too, because so many of them ended up kind of more in the back where he had, mm-hmm. you know, one or two in the front for for the majority of a lot of their stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was cool to see everybody kind of get to be showcased. So um, Brian says, uh, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to sing it. Tell me why you... That you way would. from now on. You would. <laughs> uh, Brian says, I want it that way. Um, yeah, I I think everybody's in agreement on this one, Brian. Um, I think you, you're you on the right side of the tracks on this one. Um, I want it that way has one out, which takes us to number one. Mm. So, Backstreet's Back has everybody's, everybody, Backstreet's Back is the name, um, and Millennium Larger Than Life. Um, so before we before we weigh on in this, um, I'm going to read my my little tidbits. <laughs> um, Backstreet's back, um, or everybody, whichever you, we want to call it, uh, peaked at number four in the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. It ran for 22 weeks. Um, interesting little tidbit about this also in the music video. If everybody remembers, this is the one that was kind of like thriller themed, had that haunted house kind of thing. It was it was almost like Thriller Part Two. Um, for those, if this was, I wish this was pop-up video, um, but you know, obviously, I can't play any music or show any footage um, if I want to, you know, stay online. But something interesting about this that I read was that um, actually the um, their record company wasn't too sure about how seriously, uh, like your MTVs and your VH1s would take the video, um, and so they didn't want to put a lot of money into it. Um, so actually, what happened, what had to happen was the Backstreet Boys or management thereof actually had to front the money for the video and hope it did well, which it did. And then they ended up getting reimbursed by the record company. But that blew me away. Like that early in their career from their first album, they were already their Their record label wasn't that sure about them yet um, and didn't even want to, I think it was just, I can't remember for sure, just like a million dollars or something like that. It wasn't a, it wasn't like they were asking for a crap ton of money, uh, but they had to front it themselves be, and, and hope that it hope that they did good and hope that it went over well. Um, and uh, like I said, eventually they, they did end up getting reimbursed for it. But to me, that's really, that's wild because, you know, in the, in the nineties, like that, the mid, mid to late nineties, music videos were so heavy and so important to people's mm-hmm. careers. It's, you would think that like record companies would just be shucking out money right and left to make, make stars and make hits, but apparently not with Jive. And for being self-funded, everybody video was really well done. It was, it was. Really high production. It really, really was. Yeah. Um, there's an interesting speaking of that. I was going to wait for this, but I'll just tell you, um, go back and watch this, this, um, music video also ended up getting nominations for, um, choreography and stuff like mm-hmm. that. When I watched it back. And again, like I said, I used to, I actually took dance lessons and stuff as a kid. Um, and so for me and being a, I was a huge, huge Michael Jackson fan. Um, who for me is like the number one end all be all as far as dancing and, and singing and that kind of stuff. But for me and watching it back, like, some of that choreography was really mellow. Like it wasn't like a lot of pop and lock and what you would associate off the top of your head. Like it was like traditional dance and that, you know, two-step kind of stuff. Um, And then they broke away and started doing individual dances and stuff. But it was, it was really interesting. The other interesting thing that I found was if you really want to pick it apart, go back and watch. um, I can't remember where, where in the song, but um, there's editing mistakes too. Where, oh, yeah, where one of them says uh, something like, um, "Oh yes, I remember that." Everybody, yes, um, it was Kevin. Yeah, was that's right, Kevin. Mr. Hyde. Yes, yes, I yes. and so he's like, 
the lyric is everybody, yeah, everybody, right? Um, but he says that in reverse, and they uh-huh. catch it. So he's like, everybody. And he, you just see him, like, say the word <laughs> yeah. right, and it's muted. And I'm like, you spent all that money yeah. and went to all this trouble, and you're going to, like, let that go and not, you know, cut earlier or something? Mm-hmm. Like, it blew my mind. But there, you can find mistakes in that video, like, all over the place. I was, yeah. I was really shocked because it was a very iconic video. Um, and speaking of video, on um, light, Larger Than Life, did you know that was um, actually it was top 10 in over 14 different countries, but the music video for Larger Than Life holds the Guinness Book of World Records for being the 14th most expensive music video ever made at $2.1 million for one video. Um, and it broke the record for the longest running number one uh, requested song on MTV's Total Request Live. Um, so, again... These these albums are very front heavy. All those numbers and stats back that up. So, yeah. Um, Christy says pop monster mash. Yeah, it totally was. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's very true. Yeah. Um, I also liked how they like threw in you know kind of thriller, oh, yeah. thriller light choreography. Um, mm-hmm. just to kind of give the the nod as they should have. So, that's all the setup I'm giving you, Zach. What do you think? Which is a better better song in your opinion? Everybody so, or Larger Than Life? I am going to take an excerpt from a Rush song. Oh, please <laughs> inject some rock and roll in the Backstreet Boys. Please. If you choose not to decide, you still have, have made, made a, a choice. choice. <laughs> I just, I got to give that to you. That was good stuff, man. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's very true. So... But, if I have to pick one, do I have to? <laughs> you gotta. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> You're rocking your body, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody's gonna right. rock their body. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody better get it. Somebody better get it. Um, okay. Um, Let's see, guys online that are, are watching live with us, um, go ahead. This is the one that I've been dying to see everybody chime in on and see which side you fall on. While we're waiting on you, Rachel, hit us with your best shot. What do you got? What do you think? Which one takes home the, the trophy for this? Between the two, I got to go with everybody because of the music video. Okay. I am like a huge horror movie fan. Mm-hmm. So I think that kind of cemented my love for it when I was younger, seeing the classic monsters yeah. be kind of improvised in a way, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah, again, kind of like what we're saying with uh, whatever song we were talking about, where they're in rota- <laughs> it's all becoming a blur now. But same kind of thing, exactly. Like they took that formula of kind of rotating mm-hmm. the spotlight for everybody, and now yeah. they've done that and given everybody a character on top mm-hmm. of that, which was genius. I mean, that's yeah. that's of the era, like, Things like that, like um, Power Rangers and stuff. Same kind of the concept. Like yeah. every person had a personality and a character and, and had their own moment in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. And this was Backstreet Boys version Absolutely. of that. Yeah. Yep. So for you, it's it's everybody. Yep. Okay. I think it's more recognizable too. Yeah. I, yeah. For sure. Um, Christy says, both are amazing, but everybody saved their album. And uh, she's going to say larger than life only because the band had more control. It's very, very, very true. Again, that goes to show the whole Ron Perlman thing. There's, uh, I know I'm just kind of, you know, 
racing over to the top of that, but it's it's serious subject matter for the band that was a, a huge part of their career, and they were very successful in spite of the fact that they had that damn ball and chain anchoring them down. Mm. Um, I'm so happy for them that they, you know, quickly, I mean, as, as Backstreet's Back is coming out is when they're getting away from Ron Perlman and all that crap um, so that they can, they can skyrocket and, like mm-hmm. she said, have more control over their content um, and, and kind of be more um, involved in the process itself too and not be so hidden from all that. So, um, yeah, and that being said, too, the video, like I said, it was the 14th most expensive video um, according to the Guinness Book of World Records. And I think a lot of that input was theirs um, on the concept and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's pretty cool, too. For me, um, I am also going with everybody. Um, Backstreet's back. To me, that's um, it's really hard whenever you have part of your name um, in in the song title, not to associate that as like their number one song. Um, and based on that alone, you can go with that. But to me, that's like their most iconic song. Um, me again, I've said it earlier in the show. Like I grew up a huge Michael Jackson fan. And so for them to nod the hat to uh, thriller with the choreography and stuff. And exactly like what Rachel was saying too, like, I love the horror. I love the imagery. Um, I, that's what I incorporate in my bands and stuff. I love a lot of that theatrics and whatnot and the costuming. Um, so for me, it's, it's, it's everybody. Um, I, I almost I almost caught myself and said by a landslide, but it's not by a landslide. <laughs> Musically, I think they both stack up. Music video wise, that's where I think it's a landslide. That everybody yeah. is a way better video than Very Larger easy. Than Life. Um, it, it, probably too because everybody um, the music video still holds up. Like I said, there's editing mistakes and whatnot, but still the costuming and the the makeup it all still holds up. Mm-hmm. When you go back and look at Larger Than Life, it almost looks like a loading screen from PlayStation One or something like that level of graphics yeah. and and that kind of stuff. Which was for its time, it was it was awesome, it was mind blowing, but it just doesn't hold up the same. So, well, even uh, post their career, uh, everybody still stacks up. Um, one of my favorite uh, references to them in a movie uh, is at the end of "This Is the End." Yes. <laughs> yeah, everybody dies. They go to heaven, mm-hmm. and Backstreet Boys are there. Even though it looked like the I wanted that way video. <laughs> and they they still do the dance. Mm-hmm. Right. They still have all the choreography. They rekindle and re-solidify. That is without a doubt a banger. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Sure. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm doing a doing a little Italian action here. And um Ladies and gentlemen, we have a winner. <laughs> and the winner is... I wish I had my drum roll machine. There we go. There it is. Thank you, Zach. The winner is... Uh, full screen. Come on. You can kind of see it. Come on. Full screen. Anybody. Anybody. Full screen. Here we go. There it is. There's the button. <laughs> five to six. Oh, now it's not going to... There we go. <laughs> Yay, technology. There it is. Uh, five to six. Uh, Millennium is, according to us, in the classic album Clash, the winner of the two albums. So, um, yeah, it's, it was really, really um, a good competition not to have a total landslide. Um, I predict in the future we'll have many albums that do end up becoming landslides and stuff. Mm-hmm. But that goes to show, you know, the material that they were working with. Like I said, there was a lot of heavy hitters on both of these albums. So because of that... Um, 
they were able to to not have a landslide victory. Um, it wasn't so one sided. It was pretty hard to choose through a lot. Of it really was. It really was. Again, there was there was a lot. I'll be the first to say there was a lot of filler, in my opinion, oh, yeah. on on both of these albums. Absolutely. But at the same time, I think you earn that right to have filler when you have hits that are that big. Like yeah. that's a lot of pressure to try and come up with, you know, yeah. even eight or nine out of eleven or twelve songs that yeah. are all bangers. One mm-hmm. song can carry an album. Yes. Sure. Why not? Yep. Right. Absolutely. In my opinion, I think there was more filler on Backstreet Back than there was Millennium. To me. Um, you know, I I think I would have to agree with that. Um, the I, again on Backstreet and and a quick recap, it still blows my mind that Hey Mr. DJ wasn't a a. a way bigger song than what it was but overall in between all those mega hits yeah i I agree there's a lot of filler that i I, you know i just can't get off of it again when they had um quit playing games with my heart already and they didn't put that on there like that's that's mind-blowing to me absolutely (laughs) so i don't know what the heck germany what were you thinking (laughs) you gave all their record companies like the a bad idea and a (laughs) bad feel for that and it didn't come out for another couple years i'm pretty sure that was their first american hit was quit playing games wasn't it i, I want to say at s- least their first video release yeah I, I believe that's correct yeah um it might have been also their first single hit kind of thing but i think so it just all that in that era kind of seems so close together yeah. but again that's showing off they were a machine as far as, oh, yeah. as making hits and stuff that they were able to um it, that it was so on top of each other and stuff. It wasn't like they went mm-hmm. and had a one or two hits and then waited another year or two. And then it was another hit. Like it was hit after hit after hit, like for the next five years kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It was insane. So, yeah. Um, let me see. So, uh, again, our, our big winner here is millennium. So that brings us to the end of today's show. Um, so I just want to once again say uh, thank you to both Zach and Rachel for being here with us today. Um, I, I had a lot of fun doing this. Um, this format is something that I enjoyed. It, it, you know, it, it is one of those things like when you come on the show, it's it's all lighthearted. It's easy peasy. But this one does require a little bit of homework whenever you're doing actual song by song. Um, you're familiar with like 70, 80 percent like. It requires you to to go ahead and do that deeper dive and and get the knowledge of the information. So for that reason, I want to say an extra thank you for both of you taking the time throughout this week to give it a re-listen and stuff, um, and and to kind of make those mental notes on on what won out and why. So again, um, Zach Newton, Rachel uh, Adams, I want to say thank you both for being here. Like I said, next week, be sure to stay tuned. We are doing a Father's Day special, and uh, thank you once again for tuning in. And we will see you next week. Thank you for having us, Jared. You bet. Thank you. (laughs) All the buttons. (laughs) All the buttons. Is that it? Uh, Maybe. There we go. (laughs) 